Today's episode of Monkey Ball on the Monkey Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baseball Monkey. You've heard it once, you've heard it a thousand times. Head to BaseballMonkey.com, plug in promo code PODCAST10, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, the number 1010, 10% off your entire order. Some exclusions may apply, that's BaseballMonkey.com, promo code PODCAST10. Want to help you guys out for being our loyal listeners and loyal subscribers to the podcast. Got a pretty interesting one today. If you guys have been uh, following up on our social media recently, you'll see the return of the e- the Green Easton, the B5. Talked to John Leffler, the category manager for bats at Easton, about the B5, kind of where it's been, where it's going, all that exciting stuff. So stay tuned for a little bit of monkey ball. There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. All right, welcome back to Monkey Ball on the Monkey Sports Podcast. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, fun one today, interview with John Leffler, the category manager of BATS at Easton. We talk about the new green Easton, the B5, a little bit of what to expect out of that, kind of the development process and what Easton has coming down the pipeline. Been pretty cool so far, Paul. I know we kind of checked out the uh, seating box that we got, but like the marketing and everything around the bat, I think has been awesome for the first few weeks. Yeah, it's, I mean... You're bringing back one of, if not the all-time classic bat. They they spell it out in their marketing. You know, ungodly number of Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. MVPs. All you all used it. If you want, if you really want to bring back the nostalgia, that's how you do it. Yep. Barry Bonds, Luis Gonzalez, Mark McGuire, all these guys who used this bat loved it. It was the thing, and you could be like these guys too. So, yeah, Paul, I don't know if you listened to the interview. It was just me on the interview with John. For those of you guys, we'll get to that in just a second. But I don't know if you listened to it. We were talking about, um, you know, like that same thing you just talked about. The It's starting the next generation, right? And John was kind of saying at the very end, like, it's cool to be a part of that, right? Because in 30, 40 years, like, we could be sitting having this exact same conversation of like, oh, man, what Hall of Famers are now using, you know, the B5 Part 2. And like, yeah. you know, when they start to come back and stuff. So that that's a definitely a very cool part of I think this entire launch. Exactly. You're, you're going to turn into, you know, somebody using that. You'll look back 30, 40 years when they come out with the, the Gen 3. Right, exactly. The Part 3. Uh-huh. And you'll have the some kid in, you know, a high school high school All-American game, the, you know, the college home run derby at uh, TD Ameritrade in Omaha. <laughs> and all of, all of a sudden you're like, hey, I recognize right. that. Right. We talked about it too. So, and like you said, you know, all these huge Hall of Famers and just baseball legends and I mean, notably, obviously, you know, when you're promoting a bat, that's kind of who you want to bring. But guys that just mashed baseballs like Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Bo Bo Jackson, like huge guys. And again, just legends like towers of the sport. I asked John, but I'll ask you, too, because we haven't had this conversation yet. Put all those guys together in their prime, all using a B5 home run derby. Who do you have winning? I do hear the debate with John and it's. I liked your point. Your Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson's a tough one. It's like a pick from the heart. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's. I'll go with McGuire only because I don't know if we're using pre-Balco Berry or post-Balco mm, or post-Balco Berry because he could, you know, when he was still Pirates level, you know, mm-hmm. he could still mash. Oh, but absolutely. He, he he wasn't the absolute unit that he right. that he ended up being. So I, I think Prime, I probably go McGuire. Uh, yeah, it would be close. I think that'd be so much fun to see, like. You know, if I'm sitting in the Eastern marketing room, like, I think I'm trying to do that, right? You know, you're getting all these guys, and obviously the players are so excited to, you know, have this bat back and this piece of history. And like, oh, yeah, man, I played that with this in high school and all that stuff, and that's so cool. I would be kind of pulling the leg of like, hey, you want to go out and uh, hit a couple? Like, man, we'd probably make something work. (laughs) And you know what? I guarantee you, 
any of those guys, they'll still hit it further than I will. hundred oh, <laughs> percent. Can you imagine the ratings on that thing, too? Oh, they say, oh, we'll put it on ESPN, an hour-long thing. Like, hour that would be incredible. Thing. Yeah. It, all of a sudden, you're pulling in. That'd be almost Super Bowl numbers. Right? And you've got, you know, we're kind of in the mid-season of baseball, and, you know, there's been not necessarily a lull, but, like, it's the, as far as the dog days you can have in a 60-game season, like, we're kind of at that point. Like, yeah, spice it up a little bit. Maybe. Put Barry Bonds back out there in no runs. <laughs> Wait, Barry's not going to walk? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get something over the middle. No, that'd be incredible. But so going off of that, you know, we kind of touched on a lot of people have talked about like they want to see the black magic back. And John kind of said it's like there's this, you know, heritage series that they're working on and we'll see what's coming next. But I wanted to ask you, you know, you a little bit more experienced than me and definitely more baseball experience. But, you know, being within the company longer and kind of seeing more of these bigger launches, if you had to pick like all time favorite gear, favorite thing you've ever used across any sport, what do you think it would be? Oh man, that! I know you played a lot yeah. of sports too, so like that's that's. I, I, I've, a wide I've done all, I've done all of them, so <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, honestly, I think the one I would love to see back was the it'd be a hockey stick. It mm-hmm. was the original Eastern Synergy. I knew, the, the second sy- you said hockey stick, I said I bet it's Eastern <laughs> the, Synergy. The, the, the silver Synergy yep. was the first composite stick I ever played with, and. To this day, still the best one I've played with. <laughs> we had one sitting around. We went and shot some hockey content a couple months ago uh, with Will, and that was like we just pulled one out of, I forget where it's in our scrap pile or something, and it was like the original Easton Synergy, and I remember the hockey guys being a lot more excited about it than the baseball uh, and lacrosse uh, guys. You guys but... sit there going, okay, cool, yeah. I was yeah. like, ah, okay, and, it's like uh, Easton uh, made stick. Tyler, Tyler Grace are sitting there going, this right. is the greatest exactly. thing ever. <laughs> exactly. And the thing was like 25 pounds to pick up. And they're like, this is so cool. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely yeah. worth it, though. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. And I mean, it works with uh, this being a, an Easton centric episode, too. So maybe we see them back in hockey. Who knows? Fingers we're crossed. This heritage, this heritage series. <laughs> Her- we're we're, we're just going to throw the heritage across every single sport we can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty awesome. They were in lacrosse for a very yeah, I, short I, amount I, of time. I, I remember that. They did like. One or two heads. Yeah, there was a shaft. And and like elbow pads, I think. Yeah. There was talk of a helmet, but I don't think it ever really got off the ground. And that's kind of like a, you know, folklore in the lacrosse community of the Easton Stealth, I think was what the helmet was called. Or the Raptor, the Easton Raptor. Find the the prototypes. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It cracked in two because it's a lacrosse helmet from 15 years ago. (laughs) I don't know. I'm thinking my favorite gear of all time. It would be lacrosse just because that's my, my, you know, longest experience. Probably those old old Brian heads, Brian Clutch. I've gone on. If anyone's listened to any of the other episodes, if any guys are multi-sport athletes or whatever it might be, I've talked a lot about being a big Brian Clutch fan. And uh, they they made that stuck around for a long time. There was a bunch of iterations of it, and I think I had pretty close to all of them. Oh, and yeah. also loved pretty close to all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, the Clutch was definitely a fantastic one. And we talked, too, uh, about the Black Magic, and I had mentioned to John that, like, I had none of no like none of my siblings really played baseball for any like long period of time, but for some reason we had a Black Magic, and I think it's still in our garage. And I remember just playing in the you know in the front yard and stuff, and thinking like, man, this thing is a monster. So, oh yeah, yeah no, I and there's a reason that when we started teasing that B, the B five on our Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, everything, the first thing everybody's comment, okay, well, second thing after the, oh wow, this is so cool, it's coming back was yeah. the. Okay, Black Magic what's next. next? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it, it wasn't even what's next. It's Black Magic next, please. <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. And, that, and John even said, he's like, yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of people ask for it. And like, we'll see what happens. So yeah. he was being a lot more. It was cool. He was being a lot more candid, I think, than when we have other people on. And we say, like, what's next? And I'm like, you guys will find out. And he was like, oh, yeah, we, we, we're going to do this and this. So that's that's awesome. That's definitely uh, re- worth re- sticking re- around Refreshing for. from a from a 
Oh, exactly. So that's the funny part is, so John's on the development side and more often than not, we talk to guys on like the marketing side and obviously, you know, they're keeping their cards closer to the chest of like, oh, who knows what we're going to do next? Because I mean, that's how you build a marketing campaign, right? But yeah, the development guy's like, yeah, we're pushing this stuff out. Like, this is awesome. Like, we want people to know about it, right? (laughs) This is the coolest thing I've ever worked on in my life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's cool too hearing from kind of a younger guy, like John was saying, not having been around the B5 and like seeing that heritage side from like someone like you and I that didn't play with it in high school and didn't have this, you know, awesome nostalgic memory of it. And now it's like, okay, cool. And you kind of get to tie back into those roots right. more, which I think is something that, especially in baseball, holds a lot of weight. Right? Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. So <laughs> like, I, I'm a bit older than you. Mm-hmm. I was the very, very tail end of the original B5 mm-hmm. life was when I was, you know, three, four and, you know, just starting T-ball and stuff. So I think a lot of that, it's especially going to hit home for yeah. guys right around my age, late 80s, early 90s. You know, right. you, when you were really young, you know, growing up, you saw the, you know, the, the big shots using that. It was, that was what you wanted. And mm-hmm. then by the time you got there, it had, it had gone away. It's almost a wish fulfillment. Right. It's the, I never got to use this, but now I can. Yeah. And it's cool too. Like we talk about, you know, the the life of the bat and how much the original B5 is still in the current one. And he was kind of saying like, obviously, you know, it has to be BB core and it has to follow all the correct, you know, specifications and everything that the bat and technology has now. But, and then the cool part on top of that, right, is then you have like the parent, the father that's passing it down, right? Or the uncle or like whoever it might be to these younger players that are, you know, these high school kids now that their dad got them into baseball to begin with. Right. So it's so much of this like lineage more so than just, Oh, it was an awesome bat in its time. It's like, it has this personal like nostalgic connection. And, you know, even though the bat itself maybe has changed and like evolved and obviously is up to 2021, 2022 specs, like it's ready to go. You still have that same feeling of like, Oh yeah, man, I hit, you know, 15 home runs in high school with this thing. Like this is the coolest thing I've ever had. And again, I think baseball, especially being such a sport that's so rooted in like history and heritage and stuff that like, the perfect opportunity to do that right yeah i think you know even going through that you know looking through and messing around with that bat that we got mm-hmm. oh it's awesome yeah honestly <laughs> honestly one of the biggest things for me the first time we even bounced a ball of it was that was that sound yep <laughs> i was playing high school just before bb core regulations came mm-hmm. early to early 2000s so i was one of, you know i was that last group that played with the old school aluminum bats and right. Oh my God! Do I miss that ping? Oh man, yeah. The, B, the 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 BB core material doesn't lend itself to that to that old school ping. Yep. Ping, <laughs> ping, which I missed, and I don't know how, but they replicated that, and it sounded so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting to see, like, once it's finally like in play. Yeah, getting back to the uh, the ping, especially. I remember just being a kid and watching college baseball and being like, "Oh man, like that's such a distinct sound." And and again, John even kind of said, "He's like." That's something you look for, right? If you yeah. pick up a bat and you swing with it a couple of times, it's just this dull kind of, it's like you could be having, you know, great exit velocity and be hitting bombs, but it's like, if it just doesn't sound great, like it's, you're not going to have that same effect, right? Then if you get like that, that ping that you were talking about. So yeah, no, it's exciting. It's a big launch. I don't think we've ever had an episode where we've talked so specifically about <laughs> one specific product. Maybe nope. it's in goalie a little bit, but I mean, clearly we're excited about it. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully that's gotten you guys excited about uh, this interview. Again, John Leffler, category manager for bats at Easton. We talk all about the B5, a little bit about his background, kind of where the bats been, where the bats going, the marketing aspect, all of that. So stay tuned right now for John Leffler of Easton Baseball. All right, welcoming into the Monkey Ball Podcast, John Leffler, the category manager for Bats at Easton. John, how you doing? Good, man. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, taking the time to come on. 
we've been promoting it all week and, and social media and everything. And I think everybody pretty much knows why you're here talking about the Green Easton and the return of the B5 and all that exciting stuff. But before we jump into all that, let's go into a little bit of kind of your background and what led you into the position that you're in now with Easton. Yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of a typical you know baseball rat. I've played the game my whole entire life. I actually grew up in the Midwest um, in Minnesota and you know, played in high school. Ended up going to a junior college to play baseball for uh, for two years in Iowa, and then after junior college ball, I was fortunate enough to play at a mid-major Division One school in Indiana uh, for a couple of years. So, ended up playing baseball at a fairly high level, collegiate league, and got to play into some, in some cool summer collegiate leagues. And then, you know, after my baseball career was all said and done, and you know, I couldn't hack it for a professional contract <laughs> anywhere, I uh, decided to get into the real world and get into the sporting goods industry and. You know, I first started with a company that focused mainly on football and basketball uh, protective equipment and apparel. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door between the sporting goods industry. And then, you know, Easton kind of came knocking on my door and saw that I had uh, experience in the sporting goods industry. And I also played a fairly high level of, of baseball and, and you know, asked if I wanted to join the team. And I, coming from a guy who, who swung Easton bats basically all growing up when they had, you know, all the stealth and uh, everything like that, I was pretty psyched to say the least uh, to join the team and now kind of be a part of the next generation of players and the bats that they're swinging today. So you mentioned swinging Easton bats kind of growing up and one thing that's been kind of cool about doing this podcast and you know covering for hockey and baseball and lacrosse and all that is you know we talk to people that are just gearheads right they just love the stuff that they're using they grew up you know always being super focused on the equipment they're using when you were growing up and playing, would you have considered yourself like a big time gear guy? Like you always needed to know exactly how your bat was functioning, or always have like the newest thing? Or what was kind of your relationship with uh, with the gear that you were using as a player? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I am a little bit younger. I'm 29, so to preface this, when we start talking about the B5, I wasn't around when the B5 was around. But even when I was, you know, first starting to play travel ball when I was 10 years old, basically the only bats that were around were still one piece aluminum bats and. You know, I didn't really know too much of a difference between a one-piece aluminum batter when I got older, a composite bat, but I knew that I always had to have, you know, the latest and greatest technology. And, you know, when I was in high school, if if one of my buddies were swinging the orange stealth and I had the white stealth and, you know, he went two for two with a couple bombs or something like that, <laughs> I'd want to go over to him and say, hey, what the heck are you swinging? Like, <laughs> let, me, let me swing that too. So I don't think I really knew it at the time but I was definitely very cognizant on what I was swinging and how it felt to me, how it, obviously how it performed for me too. So I always wanted the best thing in my hands to help me get on pace. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So going into the B5, you know, you kind of mentioned being a younger guy and, you know, being a younger guy myself, we kind of missed out on, on the original B5 era, but what was kind of the conversation like to bring that back? Was it something that was sort of always on the, uh, the radar as far as, you know, we want to bring this back, we want to bring this back, or what kind of was that conversation like to uh, really start that development process? Yeah, I think even before I started with Easton, and I started with Easton just a couple of years ago, um, I think there's been, there, well, there's plenty of people within the company that have been around or with Easton for a really long time. And I, from what I gather, there's been a, a bunch of people within the company that have kind of said, hey, what do you think about bringing this back? And I think it's been kind of, you know, pushed around every once in a while and, you know, never really came to fruition. And, you know, we really kind of just mocked one up. We, we sent it, we asked for a sample of what it could possibly look like and we mm-hmm. brought it in and we just started showing players and just trying to gauge their reaction and what they thought of it. And, 
the reaction was really positive. It was actually so overwhelmingly positive with what, what the bat looked like that it kind of forced us to, you know, really take a look at it and say, do we want to do this? And as you can see, we're obviously, we're doing it and we're introducing it to, to the world again. Mm-hmm. So when you build off of something that's, you know, already existed, obviously there's, there's certain things that had to be changed and making it BB core compliant and all that stuff. But how much of the original B5 is still alive in this kind of new version? I think, uh, you know, there's different components to the bat, obviously the, the actual bat itself. And then what I consider a secondary component is the looks of it too, the graphics. So mm-hmm. one of the big things is obviously the look of it. You know, it's a one piece aluminum bat. It's kind of a modern twist on a classic design, super retro feeling, super retro looking. So that's one part of it. And I think that that kind of alludes into the to the original B5. But you're right. Yeah, we you know obviously we didn't want to put out the original B5, like the actual spec of it and how it swung because technology has you know it, it it's exponentially grown since the late 70s. Right. <laughs> um, so now you know we're able to have stronger alloys. Uh, bigger sweet spots, stiffer stiffer alloys, new cap, new grip. I don't think anybody wants to swing that old bat with the old grip on it anymore. Um, <laughs> so it, it really is kind of the embodiment of a, of a modern twist to also, like you said, it has to meet BB core standards um, mm-hmm. on, a, on a classic design. So you know, it still embodies the one-piece aluminum bat, but in a 2020-2021 technology. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I think is really unique, especially to baseball players, is, you know, when they they find something that they like, they're pretty much stuck in that, right? They're using the same gear for more or less their entire life. And one thing that I think this, you know, B5 kind of rebirth, what makes it so unique is you kind of capture that, right? You have these players that, you know, maybe used it a long time ago and now they want their son to use it or whatever that story may be. So when you guys were developing this, what was kind of the uh, the target market you guys were looking at? Were you trying to get new people into an Easton bat? Were you trying to kind of re-bring that, you know, vigor back into the B5? Or what was what was kind of the uh, the audience you guys were looking for when you introduced uh, something like this? Yeah, I think we were, you know, we're targeting obviously high school and college players and specifically, you know, the elite of the elite high school and college players. But yeah, I mean, you know, some, some players like to swing two-piece composite bats or two-piece hybrid bats. Some people like to swing one-piece aluminum bats or one-piece composite bats and uh, you know, we were just really wanting to put together a really good feeling, sounding, good swing weight, one piece aluminum bat that you know, any guy that swings a one piece aluminum bat, they're gonna want to swing this one piece aluminum bat. And any guy that might swing a, a two piece hybrid or a two piece composite bat, they might think twice and say, you know, I might want to swing a one piece aluminum bat because it looks like it's performing pretty well, and all my buddies are swinging it, and all these great college guys that they're watching on TV are swinging it. So I might, you know go test it out and give it, a sh- give it a shot. So we alluded to it earlier, you know, you guys just sort of threw together a mock-up and it was received so well. So kind of walk us through the process of you go from, you know, you're in a boardroom, you decide, hey, we're going to bring this back, you mock something up, and then after that's received so well, what are kind of the next few steps before it gets actually to market and people are out actually swinging it? Yeah, and, and the graphics and showing showing the graphics to players is one step. Obviously, we want it to be, you know, well-received. We don't, we don't want the graphic to be too polarizing in the negative direction. And you kind of checked off the first box in the graphics, but our engineering team, obviously, even before this is going on, are, are still trying to make strides and improvements towards our, our one-piece aluminum bats and the different processes that, that goes into a one-piece aluminum bat. So um, even before all of that even happens, you know, we're hitting with guys all the time and our, we have our 
place in our, in our office called the Easton Hit Lab where we have high school guys, college guys, even uh, a little bit younger uh, youth athletes come in and swing for us all the time and test prototypes. So we're, you know, we're testing different swing weights. We're testing different handle stiffnesses. We're testing different grip thicknesses. We're testing different caps, all these, all these types of things to that goes into the performance of the bat. Uh, we're really trying to just dial in the performance of the bat because obviously, you know, the look of it can be great and the marketing campaign around it can be really great, but it's not truly going to be a successful bat unless the actual bat itself is really good. So that mm-hmm. would be a key component. And then after, you know, you kind of put those two things together, the engineering and the, and the graphics together, then really you kind of pass it on to, to the marketing team to put together a really great uh, marketing campaign and get it. I don't know if you've been on social media over the past couple of weeks as we've started kind of teasing this and launching it, but our marketing team has put together a really awesome, marketing campaign to show all the all the former big league players that swung it when they were growing up so that's kind of the next step to bring it to market now um you know we're pre-launching right now and it'll be available to the public or people will start getting it in the next couple of weeks so yeah no the marketing around it has been awesome we uh we just got our seating box earlier today and we're kind of playing around with a little a little bit but yeah everything around it i think has been fantastic yeah the buzz around it has been really fun to watch for me yeah no absolutely but so kind of you know in that same vein you guys are, you know, uh, alluding to and bringing back these fantastic, phenomenal, you know, otherworldly baseball players. Was there any kind of conversation with some of these guys as far as like what needed to be brought back, or how much influence did some of these, you know, marketing athletes and stuff have in the development of this bat, if any? Yeah, you know, they didn't have too much, too much say in the development of things. I think uh, they were, they, from my understanding, they were all just very excited to be a part of it again. Um, you know, when some of our our sales guys who had had worked with these guys back in the back in the eighties, reached out to them. I mean, they might not have even talked to talked to each other in a couple of years and said, Hey, you know, we're thinking about bringing the, the B five and Green Easton back and from what I understand, these former big leaguers were pretty psyched about it. Hmm. Um, I think I think a cool thing about it is that it brings back a lot of memories for them. And we actually we actually had a, a company phone call earlier today and we were lucky to have Luis Gonzalez on the phone call and he was, on, he was on video, and he actually still has his B5 when he swung <laughs> it in high school. So he, he brought That's that awesome. out and showed us, and he he said, he, he's like, my grandpa never wanted to throw it away. My mom never <laughs> wanted to throw it away because he had so many great memories with it. So um, I think I think all these former big leaguers are, are just excited to be able to be a part of it and kind of relive some of those days back in high school and college. Yeah, for sure. That that's awesome about him bringing back the uh, the old one and showing it on the video call and everything. But uh, so again, kind of on the same vein, you know, with all these big names, was there any kind of added pressure for for you guys to think like, oh man, you know, we're bringing back something that was so iconic? Was there any kind of reservation as far as like, oh man, do we bring this back, or like, how confident were you that no, we're going to bring it back? This is going to be, you know, the next best thing. It's going to be equally as iconic. Yeah, I don't know if there was. Pressure per se, but obviously, you know, you want to make a, a good decision, and especially with a bat that has such a rich history that the B5 did and kind of changed baseball back in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, you don't want to bring something back that all of a sudden then has a negative perception. So I think those questions were brought up, but, you know, we're, we're confident in, you know, our engineers and, and them creating a really great bat, and obviously our graphic designer and creating a really great looking bat. And, all the testing and validation that, that went around in, into it that uh, kind of made the decision, decision a little bit easier on us at the end of the day. 
so not too much pressure, but just wanting to make sure we're doing all of our due diligence to to put together a great bat that really you know kind of pays homage to the original B five. Mm-hmm. What would you say was kind of the biggest hurdle you guys had to jump through when uh, when creating this bat? Just really making sure that we're getting every single piece together right for the the actual design of the bat and players' preferences. I mean, yes, it is a, a fairly simple one piece aluminum design, but there are a lot of different pieces in you know sound feel um bb core testing that goes into the creation of of a, of a bb core bat like i like i kind of said earlier you know we were testing different handle stiffnesses we're testing different mois or swing weights just to understand what players like and prefer and all these different all these different things may seem little but they really make the bat feel different when you're swinging it or even Again, a, a big one I kind of say this all the time is how it sounds. You know, it's kind of one of those perceived performance things that if the bat doesn't sound good to you. It could be a great, could, your exit velos could be super high off of that, but if it doesn't sound very good, you might personally just say, you know, I just don't really feel too confident with this thing because it just kind of sounds bad. I don't want to swing this. So just really making sure that we're uh, validating all these little tweaks in engineering that are that our team downstairs in the, in the lab does such a great job on mm-hmm. testing and validating and creating, just making sure that it, that's right for, you know, the high school kids and the college kids that are going to be using it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned too, that the uh, testing process and everything involved around that, once you kind of have, you know, the next steps and getting closer to a finished product with all the, you know, just craziness that's been going on around the world with COVID and everything, was it harder for you guys to kind of get into that testing phase and have, you know, different people t- trying it out and different, you know, in-game situations and everything. Like, h- kind of how did that testing process go for you guys? Yeah, we were actually, we were lucky because we kind of had this finalized fairly close to when COVID started, you know, really kind of hindering us and we weren't able to go into our office anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so before COVID hit, we, we had already been able to get a ton of guys in our cage uh, go out to fields and, and hit with guys, see how the ball travels on a field outdoors and hear it outdoors. So uh, we, were, we were pretty lucky in, in that instance that we were able to really put in our hours to, to do our due diligence on this bat. We weren't we weren't too affected by COVID with this one. No, that's good. That's good for sure. Uh, have you been able to swing the both the new and the old bat side by side? Do you have a good comparison for us? I, did, I didn't get to swing the old one. Um, I, know, I know we found... I know as a company we found a couple of the old ones on eBay, but I haven't been able to get my hands on it and swing it. I, I don't know if I really want to. I, <laughs> I can still swing it. I still swing. I still swing fairly well for somebody that hasn't played collegiate baseball for seven, eight years, however long it's been. Um, but I don't know if I can square up enough baseballs that my hands won't just ring after that one's done. <laughs> but I, yeah, I was. I have been able to swing this new b5 all the way up through the prototypes that we've been testing and really i was i guess i was one of the, one of the lucky ones that were able to swing it from kind of start to finish and where we ended up at so uh i'm pretty pumped at how it feels how it sounds all that good stuff when i'm hitting in the cage so you uh you know you have a kid that's freshly wanting to try out an easton bat and he's checking out the b5 what's kind of the elevator pitch for uh getting him to, to try it out and really start using it yeah the elevator pitch is pretty pretty simple it uses our highest end highest end aluminum that we have in our product line we don't have what a restrictor ring in the barrel that you'll see on a lot of a lot of other one piece alloy bats 
so that gives you a much smoother feel across the entire barrel, a bigger sweet spot. You're not going to have any kind of dead sounds depending on where you hit it on the barrel. Some of those bats that have rings in it, if you hit it, you know, a little bit off the ring or right on the ring, it might sound different than if you hit it completely away from the ring. So this is going to give you a very smooth, consistent sound and feel no matter where you're squaring the ball up on the barrel. And like I said a couple of times, we've had a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a stiffer alloy handle than, than an Eastern traditional one-piece aluminum bat, and that's going to give you that more solid feel that we kept hearing from players over and over and over again that they just wanted a very stiff, solid feeling bat. And then again, I, I talk about this a lot, and this might seem like a small thing, but our grip—it's—it's it's not a—it's uh, not the original blow-on rubber grip that was just smooth the original d5 had it's you know top of the line our most premium grip that we use in our product line um which i think makes a really big difference as well so again that that modern that modern twist and technology on a, on a classic design mm-hmm. that was a pretty long elevator pitch though that's okay you guys were going to one of the higher floors it's all good so i'm from kansas city i'm a royals fan so i definitely have my own opinion about this next question and my own answer but hearing it you know right from you guys directly from the horse's mouth if you have every player that you guys have brought back to market this bat together in a home run derby in their prime who do you think wins oh that's easy it's barry bonds fair enough (laughs) i think barry bonds mark mcguire would obviously give him a run for his money um those would be my two picks. I love Barry Bonds growing up. He was my favorite player. I also, Bo Jackson, I mean, that guy's an absolute freak athlete. I don't, you could probably throw his hat in the ring there. I mean, too. yeah, Bo was my answer. <laughs> yeah, well, I should have known that. I actually thought when you were saying, I'm a Minnesota Twins fan, so I thought you were going in a different direction uh, just to give me crap a little bit. But, yeah, I'd say Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Bo Jackson, those are my, my three horses that I'd be riding with. So then maybe a better follow-up question is, when are we going to see the Home Run Derby? All those guys are still probably swinging decent decent swings. I bet they could get out there and hit a couple around. Oh, man, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think those guys would ever lose their swing. So if you can if you have the pull to organize that, if you have, <laughs> if you have the if you have the connection to Bo Jackson, let's get it going. I would lo- I would love to see that. That'd be so much fun. Okay, our people will be in touch with his people and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> So going forward from an Easton development standpoint, obviously, you know, this is the big launch right now and it's kind of where uh, where all the chips are. But just to p- pull back the veil a little bit, is there anything kind of coming down the pipeline that you guys are starting to already look forward to? Or is it all, you know, focused on the B5 right now? I think as of right now, it's focused on the B5. Um, obviously, we kind of want to see what the reaction is once once players have them in their hands and hear what the, the actual end consumer has to say once it's out in the field for a while. Um we're obviously going to continue to push forward our, our technology and innovation in our one-piece aluminum aluminum bats and continue to make the best one-piece aluminum bat that you can that you can swing in high school and college. Um, so that's not going to change. And then, who knows? Maybe maybe down the line we we continue on this this heritage series with with a few other things that we potentially have up our sleeve. But I don't think anything is set in stone quite yet. Yeah, that was going to be my next, uh, you know, you kind of alluded to it. I've seen some people on social media ask about the uh, the Black Magic, and maybe that's the next thing down the line. So we'll have to keep an eye. Yeah, I think I've think I read a lot of people wanting the Black Magic bat. You know, that was the first bat that I ever swung was the Black Magic. And mm-hmm. it, was, wasn't the, it wasn't the original Black Magic. It was one of the later designed Black Magics. But Black Magic definitely has has a special place in a lot of people's hearts, I think. 
yeah, no, I think I could probably go back to my folks' house and find my old one uh, sitting around the garage somewhere. I think I think my parents still have mine too. <laughs> like you said, I might still have some bruises on the hands from uh, ringing a foul ball off of it, but uh, you know that's all right. We're working on it. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, cool. Uh, you got anything else to add on the B five or your what's uh, going on at Easton? Uh, not too much. No, I, you know I'm just really excited for this launch and again for for players to to actually have it in their hand and swing it and start playing in some games. Uh, one of the big things that I've been kind of thinking about and, and I talk about with my coworkers all the time is how cool it is to hear the reaction from from parents and you know hear all the different stories of when they swung the B five when it originally came out and. And now they they probably have some kids that are that are getting ready to play high school or college ball, and it's kind of cool that now their kid or the, now the next generation of, of athletes can can also swing a B five and, and have another thing in common with with their dad or uncle or whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a, a really cool part of this 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 whole entire launch with this bat as well. Not it's it, it's not just the bat itself; it's you know the whole game of baseball and bringing everybody together, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's awesome to be able to kind of have a direct influence in that, right? And I'm sure that's uh, something you guys take a lot of pride in. Yeah, well, and then you like we we talked about all these former big leaguers and all stars and Hall of Famers, and these guys were swinging a B five in high school and college, and now we could potentially have the next generation of future all stars and future big leaguers and future Hall of Famers that could be swinging a B five again. So, who who knows? Forty years from now. You know, we could you could be having the same conversation with somebody else from Easton and bringing back the B five for for a third time or something. Who knows? But it's pretty cool to be a part of it in some capacity. Yeah, I was just about to say I can't wait to uh, talk to you again in like 2071, and we'll be talking about who's going to win the uh, home run derby with the B five part three. <laughs> oh, who knows? The technology would be like uh, 2070. I don't even know if I want to know. No, I yeah, I think I'm pretty content with uh, what we got going on right now. Right. <laughs> Okay, well, awesome. John Leffler from uh, Easton Baseball. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you again to John Leffler from Easton Baseball coming in, talking about the B5 with us. As we mentioned, coming soon, the Easton B5. Check it out, baseballmonkey.com, where you want to go to check it out. Coming in the next few weeks. Let us know what you think. We've got all the marketing pieces up. Shoot us a DM. Leave a comment on any of our posts. Let us know what you think of the B5. If you have a great B5 memory, we want to hear it. We want it, we want uh, you guys to share it with us. Maybe your dad used it. Maybe you used it back in the day. We want to hear that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff is awesome to get the community involved. And again, as awesome Monkey Ball listeners and Monkey Sports Podcast subscribers, make sure you head to BaseballMonkey.com. Plug in promo code PODCAST10, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, the number 10, 10, 10% off your entire order. We'll be back again next week for an episode of Off the Ice, the Hockey Monkey podcast. So be sure to stay subscribed and tune into that one. We'll be back for another episode of Monkey Ball in a month's time. So we'll catch you guys in October. Until then, be safe, have fun. We'll see you next time.